Turn in your Bibles uh, to Exodus 14, and we're going to go on a little journey with Moses and the children of Israel uh, across the Red Sea. And um, I was telling Scarlett the other day, you know, our, our ministry has been known uh, since the beginning uh, to be a miracle ministry. And... Uh, you know, like Brother Hagan said one time, anybody can believe for the possible. Uh, let's believe for the impossible. What's the impossible, uh, thing that would, that would happen to solve your problem? Amen. And, uh, so sometimes we think we have to see the way and the pathway that what God's going to bring our blessing, bring our answer, bring our healing, bring our financial uh, need, uh, whatever it is. And um, in reality, uh, we don't have to, we don't have to know the way. Jesus is the way. <laughs> All I know is Jesus is, well, how's that going to happen? Well, Jesus is the how. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the one that is, uh, you know, making these things happen. And, so, um, I was telling Scarlett, I said, we need to preach more on miracles. Amen. One thing, we need to have a stronger faith for them. Yes. Secondly, um, there's people in this church that need miracles. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'm one of them. And, uh, you know, uh, we all have different areas that we need miracles. Amen. Yes. Scarlett and I are believing for some miracles. And we see miracles on a, on a weekly basis and sometimes a daily basis. But, um, if you need a miracle here today, uh, listen up to this message because it'll really help you. I believe, and you that are watching on internet, it'll really help you to, uh, grab a hold of, 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 of a miracle. And, uh, a lot of people believe, the Lord showed me some things about miracles, and a lot of people believe that a miracle is a sovereign, action of God. He just does it when he wants to. And uh, apparently he doesn't want to very much. If you look at some, some situations, uh, because you say, well, it's according to his will. Well, he sure isn't very willing because uh, those situations that I've seen where everybody waits for the will of God to be done just on his sovereignty. Uh, it seems like he's, he's never willing to heal or do anything at that, with that. I've seen people in those churches that are Calvinists, I'm just going to say it, who believe that everything is by God's will and you can't do anything about it and it's set in stone and it's providential. So my thought with that would be why pray at all? Why bring a petition prayer if he's already made up his mind? Why not just hold your breath and wait and see what he's going to do? And so uh, you say that to those folks and they sit there and they look like Brother Hagan would say, they look like a toad frog in a West Texas hailstorm <laughs> batting their eyes because they don't know what to do with that. Because the truth is there glaring you in the face. If you if you stop being religious and you and you put a little common sense with it, why pray if it's already preset? Just wait and see what's going to happen. And then you have to, if you're a really, 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 really good Christian, you'll just accept that and be happy hunky-dory with it, no matter what. Lord, give me the strength to bear your will. That's crazy. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, and that's not Bible, and it's not New Testament. There's no authority of the believer in that. There's no rights as a believer in that. It's just you're just, you know, they sing, we sing the song at the cross for such a worm as I. Well, they're still being a worm. Stop being a worm. You were used to be a worm spiritually, but we're no longer worms. We're children of God, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, seated in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, and might, and every name that's named. Hallelujah. And all of our singing and all of our talking and all of our thoughts should be from that foundation, that we are coming from a completed, finished work position. Glory. That's all I know to preach, so if you want something uglier, you have to go someplace else. Because there's plenty of places that will help you tribulate. Ask you, help the Lord, Lord, help them to bear it. But um, we serve a God of miracles. And we are overcomers. And we are more than conquerors. Through Christ Jesus. And you might say, well, what I'm going through right now, Brother David, it doesn't look like I'm more than a conqueror. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't smell like it. It doesn't taste like it. But you know what? So what? They said in Brazil that the first time they heard somebody speaking English say, you know what? They said, what? Because, you know, we don't ever say what. It's a figure of speech. (laughs) I'll tell you what. What? It's a very southern thing, too. Tell you what. Or she told me what for. That means you probably got cussed out. Have you found Exodus 14? It's in the Old Testament if you're still looking. Uh, you know, the Lord, we're going to, we're going to just kind of paraphrase the first few parts of this to save time. But the Lord here, um, is, is talking to Moses and telling him, you know, to lead the people and what's going to happen. And, uh, and that he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart and all that and, um, chase him. Uh, and, and, and in verse 8, it says, The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them, and ho- all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea, Beside Pahiroth, that sounds like a town in South Georgia. We're over at Pahiroth before Baal Zaphon. Beautiful names of cities. (laughs) Vacation spots, I'm sure. And when <laughs> you have to laugh, come on. Some of these names are impossible. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and uh, behold, 
the Egyptians marched after them, and the, they were sore afraid. We're sore again here. Sore, so afraid you're sore. Sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. You might, well, that's nice. They had a prayer meeting. Well, it wasn't quite, the Lord didn't view it like that. Because they didn't cry out to the Lord, you're my, you're our, you're Jehovah, you're the Savior, you're the, you know, you're everything. <laughs> they said, you're, you just brought us out here to get slaughtered. Sometimes that's what we feel like saying to the Lord. I'm telling you, you, you know, you gotta admit you might be tempted. What's going on? What's the deal? And that's what they're doing, but they're making God kind of angry about it because he is, if, if, if he's anything, he's our deliverer. If he's anything, he makes a way where there doesn't look like there is one. If there's any, amen. If anything, he can bring, you know, you say, well, I need three million dollars to even out everything. Well, so what? He bring you 30 million. It, listen, do you think the number counts to God? Do you think anything like that blows him out of the water in some way? Are you kidding? Come on, folks. He's the Lord God Almighty. Amen. We just got through playing that, you know, battle hymn of the Republic, not popular uh, in the Georgia, but because uh, it was the Union song. But anyway, um, um, but the other song's not very appropriate for church, Dixie. Anyway, one time I was at this trade fair in Stone Mountain, and I, back when I was a teenager, I was just out of high school, and I had a job at a department store there selling, uh, demonstrating and selling pianos and organs, you know. So they had this big fair at Stone Mountain Industrial Park, and I'm, I'm, I'm demonstrating the organ. They had it on the platform, little, I don't know, Kimball or something. And I'm just demonstrating the organ at the trade fair. And all of a sudden they said, the governor's coming to make a speech, the governor of Georgia. So this is 1974, 75. It was when you could still play Dixie and not start a riot. So, uh, here comes, here comes, uh, here comes, uh, the governor and the, this, this, this big fat guy gets up there and goes, play something for the governor, you know? And I'm thinking, oh God, what do you play for the Georgia governor? And I thought, Dixie will work. It would work for an Alabama, for George Wallace. Surely it'll work in Georgia for our governor. So I played, I played Dixie and they all loved it. But now you can get your house burned down playing Dixie. So don't want to do that. Um, um, I wanted, I wanted to, uh, kind of finish up that, you know, when I said what, like what for, uh, so what, like so what, it doesn't feel good, so what, it doesn't look good, so what, it doesn't seem good. Does, did, you have to ask yourself the question, does that really challenge the authority of God? Does that challenge the authority of the word? Yeah, well, brother David, these are real situations. These, I know they are. I know they're real. We serve a real God with real answers. And he has the real power to fix it all in a snap. 
Well, I just hope he does. Well, you're, how, why don't you hold your breath with that while you're hoping and turn purple? Stop with that kind of talk. It's worldly. It's not scriptural. Well, we're just a hoping and a praying. Okay, but when you put some believing with that, you might be somewhere. Amen? And some people just say stuff like that. It doesn't even mean anything. It's just, a, it's just, it's, it's an American colloquial saying of, well, you know, well, you know, well, we're praying for you. Well, great. You know, we, you know, prayer always helps. Yeah. Well, that kind of enthusiasm. You're not convincing me. I'm not buying the vacuum cleaner. You haven't convinced me. And I'm not buying into prayer that's just half whatever, you know, and, 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 and half-hearted and, and not, there's no fervor to it. There's no enthusiasm. You can even quote the word and sound like a dead potato. Come on. Amen. We need to declare the word of God. Say, I believe it. And even when your heart, even in, 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 well, inside, I don't feel it. So what? Everybody wants to feel something. We should just bring up a, I got a cast iron skillet we could bring here and you could feel all kind of things. Drop it on your toe for a while. See how that feels. We've got a nurse here, Nancy. She can fix it, patch it up, but you know. You might feel that for a few days, just saying. I used to say every church should be hot-wired, hot you know, all the seats, uh, a little a little electric zapper, kind of like a cow, cattle prod. And and here you see some little sister here, and, 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 and she's not having a good time in church and looks like they're going to run out the door and leave because they're not feeling what they used to feel. So you have a color-coordinated button thing down here on the floor, and you hit it. I just feel like in that area right there, somebody's getting something. Whoa! Good. Good for another week. (laughs) I've been in church too long. It's affected my mind. You could take that either way, right? All right, so here we got these children of Israel crying unto the Lord. And um, they say, even they always go complain to the leader. They said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in this wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Now the devil will tell you, when you need a miracle... He's going to tell you that the reason you need a miracle is because you did the wrong thing. You should have never taken a step of faith. You should have never done, where did you open the door? Blah, blah, blah. Now, not only are you, you're twice the victim of the devil's antics. Because, first of all, if there's any confusion at all in your life, it's from the devil. It's not the Lord taking your hand leading you through the dark valley. We were at a church the other day, uh, uh, well, not the other day, a few months ago, preaching, and they got up, and, you know, singing the latest and greatest songs, is what I call them, the latest and greatest. And one of them was, uh, you know, 
in, 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 in the darkness I find your glory. I'm thinking, no, you don't find the darkness. That's right before I preach. They do, they do that to me. Full gospel church. In the darkness and in the hole and down in the valley and in the sewer, you know, I, of life, I, you know, I find your glory. I mean, that, it was so bad. And, and I'm just going, that is so unscriptural. God is light and everything about him is light. I'm going to gripe about seeker churches here just a minute because, you know, you go there to preach. I can't even see the people's faces because they got bright lights in mind and, and the sanctuary's dark, like black. You understand? Like no lights at all. People have got their phones out trying to read the word, you know, with the light. And okay, if you're going to have a rock concert and some kind of a skit or whatever, fine. But we're, we're talking about a worship service. Amen. Okay, that's enough on that. Vote, vote you out for that one. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. I guess if that's what people want, but uh, do your thing. Like I said, I, I'm not your judge. But I'm just saying, um, um, that we, I'm just saying that we we can we can just absolutely be open and honest and re, and and bypass how we feel or trying to create some atmosphere of emotion or whatever because I'm telling you that'll fail you in the end that'll fail you when when there's pain that'll fail you when you know something's happening financially that's unbearable. You you can't get enough atmosphere stirred up to fix it. And people say, well, we need to create an atmosphere so God can move. Oh, come on. That's another one. I'm going to write a book on all the crazy stuff that's said in church. I have a name for it, but it's not very holy. But, uh, you know, that's another thing is, is uh, well, you know, God... Um, create an atmosphere that the Holy Spirit can move in. He can move in the middle of the street with horns honking and people gesturing not nice things. God can move in the middle of that. God can move in a train station. God can move in a bar. God can move anywhere. We don't have to have some special song and lighting for God to move. The, the, the lighting and all that that we do in here is for us, not for the Lord so much. Well, we have to have for the Holy Spirit fills welcome. He'll come in whether he's welcome or not in a sense of, of where, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God did the greatest miracle he could have done. There was no atmosphere then. Atmosphere. Which bar were you at? Come on. Atmosphere. This is this is all r- ridiculous. Well, what kind of atmosphere do they have here <laughs> with, with Pharaoh's army behind them? Now, this, this is the point. If you went by how they felt, it's not good because they're feeling afraid, aren't they? They're in fear and they're saying we should have been. That's what the devil will do. He'll say, "You shoulda, coulda, woulda." 
And if you wouldn't have done this, then you wouldn't have this problem. And if you would only whatever, sure, we can learn from our mistakes and we can go back. But, but in the heat of battle is not the time to have that discussion. If you're in trouble, you better just get with it with faith and believe God. And if you need to repent for something, do it and get it over with and quit whining and blowing snot about it. Amen. And get on with faith and get on and start to claim, well, you know, I, I brought this on myself. I made a mistake. Stop it in the name of Jesus and start declaring, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. If God be for me, who can be against me? I, you know, just just declare these things about yourself instead of, well, I blew it. I knew, you know, that's just no victory in that. All right, we're going to get this said that hair lips the Egyptians. Well, that's probably politically incorrect, too. Uh, so they said, because this is, this is exactly what the devil will have you think. I should have just stayed in Egypt instead of making steps of faith or whatever. Uh, Moses said to the people, first thing he said is, I understand how you feel. We have set up, you know, stations where you can tell somebody. No, Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still, means shut up, and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, this is the coolest thing because this is exactly what Naaman did. Um and um seeing um the, the seeing the salvation of the lord and um so when there's bondage start talking salvation when there's bondage start talking deliverance when there's sickness start talking healing when there's lack start talking abundance Let the sick say I'm healed. Let the poor say I'm rich. Hallelujah. Let the condemned say I'm saved and I'm righteous. Preach, pastor. I love that the the people want to talk about Egyptians and bondage and slavery. They're talking about well, you know, slavery's not all bad. I mean, at least we had three meals a day and whatever. They beat us, you know, to put stones and build pyramids and things. But other than that, it's, it wasn't so bad. If you're not careful, you'll start trying to find peace in, in, in the, in the, in the bondage some way. And there's plenty of religious people that'll help you find that. Well, sometimes the Lord allows these things to help us regurgitated whatever. No, shut up. Moses said, shut up. Because <laughs> they don't have anything good to say. They might as well shut up. Stop talking. Back away from the megaphone. And see the salvation of the Lord. If you're 
in bondage to Egypt today? Stand still (laughs) and look for and see the salvation of the Lord. If you're in bondage, salvation is is next. you're, You're in line for salvation to be saved out of that situation. Situation, salvation. Now we've got some rhyming going here. Uh, which he will show to you today. I love it that he puts it in the now. God's always, what time is it in heaven now? If you saw a clock in heaven, it would say now, 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 now. Well, what time is it? It's now. God's the God of the now. Well, eventually, if you hold out to the end and tarry, you know, come on. Stop giving the devil a firepower. Giving him a way to operate. No. And he's gone now in Jesus' name. We bind this. We rebuke it. He's a liar and a friar. Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you to you today, today, today. Well, I wish I knew when the Lord's going to move. He moved. He moved at Calvary. He moved on the day of Pentecost. Which is, we're having that today too. Instead of tell about day of Pentecost, we just do it. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Amen. You get tired of looking at the bills that are not paid. Get tired of looking at the medicine bottles. Get tired of looking at all the things. And I'm not telling anybody to throw out their medicine or anything like that. God doesn't care if you throw it out or take it all. He doesn't care. Just don't take it all at once. That tends to be problematic. And then they baker act you after that. But um, I'm just saying that God, God, God's not moved by your medicine. You know, there's a lot of people in the name of faith that have told folks or implied, well, you know, you've got to do something like, you've got to show God that you're really in faith. That, that is dead works. That is not faith. That is flesh acting as faith. And it, it all comes from an extreme teaching of faith without corresponding action is dead. Yeah, we want what we want to, we want to get everything going the same direction. Amen. Our, our, our thoughts, our, our, our words and our actions. But you don't have to throw away your insulin to declare healing from diabetes. You don't have to, you understand? Are y'all getting anything out of this? Uh, I love that you won't see them anymore. He said today. I think he thought, well, today's a pretty good day because if we go past today, we're screwed. We're done. It's over because the, this is the most modern army in the world. 
best equipped, most everything, and they're coming at us, and we're at the edge of the of the Red Sea. The Lord, look at this, look at this. You, you, now, if this is true for the old covenant, wouldn't it be true for the new even better? Yeah. Every blessing is still ours. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. He keeps wanting them to shut up. Please hold your peace. Please be quiet. Please don't talk. <laughs> Sister Eunice, that means you. No. All right. And the Lord said unto Moses, This is so phenomenal to me. Wherefore criest thou unto me? Why are you whining to me about this? You've got authority. Do something about it. Sometimes our prayer time sounds like poor pitiful me. And, we, and, and if that's the case, you need to change it. Because God's made you who you are. God's made us to be the righteousness of God in Christ. We go boldly to the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need. Boldly, like, like, hey, I don't know what's being discussed here in the throne room. <laughs> the high levels. That's like the joke about a guy, a guys in, you want to hear the joke about the Pope in New York City? So the Pope goes to New York City and, uh, the diocese has rented, um, you know, St. Patrick's. They've rented a stretched limousine for the Pope, you know, to, to, um, to, to drive around in and, so he says, well, this guy, the, the Pope gets picked up at the airport and the Pope says, you know what? I would love to drive this car, great big Cadillac thing here. He says, I, he said, uh, I've never get a chance to, to drive. And so, you know, don't tell anybody, but you know, would it be okay if I drove and you sat in the back? And, uh, the guy says, sure. So the Pope's driving, he's got the hat and everything, you know, the Pope's driving the, the limousine and, the driver's in the back. You can tell somebody's there, but he said, I couldn't really see his face, but I know it was God. He said, why? Because the Pope was the, was the chauffeur. That's the joke. When you see the Pope, you know, okay. who else would he be chauffeuring? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Ah. Oh. Where am I? Okay. What? Why are you crying unto me? Speak. Un- that had nothing to do with the message. I just thought it was a funny joke. Uh, wherefore, Christ, thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Now, this is the thing that I love about this message is that when the Lord says, why are you crying unto me? They couldn't see that the very place they are is the deliverance of the Lord. And they're, and they're, and here they are. They got this modern army behind them in the, the sea and the, the Red Sea in front of them. 
And here they are. And what are they going to do? Are we, it's either death, you pick your death. It's either death by army or being taken back into captivity, most likely. And anybody that resists gets killed. Or it's go, it's go drown. So which is it going to be? Now God, in His magnificence, <laughs> He could have fixed it to where they all walked on water. Or, Walked through the water and somehow breathe, was able to breathe under. I don't know. He could have done it in many, many ways. He could have sent angels to pick them all up in a transport and fly them over. Like a, like a, like a partial rapture up and over. There you are. Y'all good now. Praise the Lord. Fry some chicken. No ham, though, not till the new covenant. All right. <laughs> um, so he said, "Tell them, tell them to go forward." And that's an interesting thing to me because God is not a God of retreat. He never will tell you to go back to bondage. He'll never tell you to go back to where you used to be. He'll never tell you to go back and, 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 and try to just do better this time with what you had. He will always move you forward if you'll move forward with him. Go forward. But lift up thy rod, which uh, represents authority, and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go out on dry ground through the middle of the sea. Now, if if I was Moses, I I think I would have thought, "You want wait 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 wait, you want me to do what? You because the greatest hindrance to miracles is human reasoning. God will tell you to do something that you already have in your hand, the seed to your miracle." is in your hand something you have it's, this isn't this is not this is not just about offerings it could be but it's not just about that amen because sometimes your seed is a something like that but I don't want to get into that and you know change the direction here but the, but the point is that the seed of obedience is in your hand so the question is to Moses do you have a rod yes no real, but there's a rod. Sorry. Anyway, I got this rod here. Well, oh, maybe you're going to, maybe that rod's going to become super, you know, weaponized and you're going to cut the heads off of all the Egyptians with it. I don't know, but he's got a rod and he's got a voice. He said, speak to the water and you Divide. People say, well, how God divided the Red Sea. God didn't. Moses did with God's power behind his word of authority. There is not one miracle in the Bible except for creation itself that God did by himself. He would tell a man or a woman to obey him. And this is the obedience of the, of the, uh, the action to take. You understand? I'll tell you what to do. Here's the key to get out of this. 
But you've got to put yourself out there on the line to do it. Well, you know, uh, Lord, uh, I am the leader here of these three million people. And they might just vote me out. They're already mad that I've led them to this horrible spot. And now you're wanting me to, to, to can I kind of whisper it, you know, water, is that, you know. No, he's going he's gonna to have to make a spectacle of himself in a way. If you're going to walk in miracle territory, you kind of have to get over yourself. And, uh, and, and, and it, it, we care what it looks like. We care that it looks funny or, or, you know, feels weird. But do you have a rod? Yeah. Do you have a voice? Yeah. That's all he needed. Isn't that something? He had the tool in his hand. Say, uh, hey, Mos, can I borrow your rod at my place, you know? But it wasn't the, it wasn't the, it's not about the rod. I'm sure, I'm sure that the museum in, in Vienna, Austria has this rod. Or so they say. But it's not the rod. It's the authority, of, in a sense, the authority of the believer that was enacted, that it's a type and shadow for us to see if we'll just speak the name over things, we can move it. All right, I'll finish this up. Come back next week, it'll be better. Sometimes I feel like I'm the opening act for like the Rolling Stones or something. Um. And and the Egyptians, and look, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, when I have gotten me honor among, upon Pharaoh, and upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And uh, look down uh, at verse 21 and notice this. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left, and the Egyptians pursued and went after them to the midst of the sea. Now, you would have thought that these Egyptians and Pharaoh saw this great miracle and would have said, I don't think we want to stay involved in this case. Because these people know something about the power of God that we obviously don't know as we build pyramids. And so, and mummify everybody. So, you know, maybe we should leave them alone. But nobody has a brain, apparently, because they all chase them down 
And they're in the middle of the, on the drive. They're, they're, they're participating in the miracle too. Wow, this is pretty cool. Is, this is called dumb and dumber. You know, just as dumb as you can, as dumb as a bag of hammers. Because I think if I would have been one of the chariot drivers, I would have said, I think I have a flat. I'm going to go over here and uh, check my wheel or something. Because, you know, did, did one Egyptian, even one, think, I think this could go bad at, here at any minute. Well, it did. And when it went bad, it went really bad. <laughs> Uh, the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. And took off their chariot wheels. <laughs> Praise God. This is like something in the Bronx or something. Downtown Detroit, man. Took their chariot wheels off. <laughs> and drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel. Too late, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And of, and of course, that's what he did. And they were all drowned. Now, the thing is, is that that moment did an Egyptian say, I just had a feeling this could go bad. <laughs> I just, uh, I just don't know. <laughs> it just felt we were doing so well. And then <laughs> it all came upon them. In other words, Pharaoh lost his entire army with these crazy people pursuing the people of God. Well, it's a type, and the whole story is for our admonition. The whole story is for building our faith. Amen. If that can happen under the under the Moses law and all that, what could we accomplish with our authority? And the rod is authority. We have authority in Jesus' name. Amen. We have the sword of the Spirit. We have all the armor, so much military things in the Bible but uh, and, uh, and illustrations. But we have, we have our Bible. We have the Word. We have... Um, the shield of faith. And we need to be as bold as Moses. And in the midst of the people, just say, you know, I'll do what God says do. Amen? Amen? And what day would be a good day for your miracle? How about today? How about now? Well, if we can just get past this, then stop talking. What's another part of that? Shut up. Don't say anything but what the Word says. Don't go woulda, coulda, shoulda. 
just shut up talking about, well, I don't know. Shut up in the name of Jesus. Like I used to tell people that would come to Brother Hagin's tape table. We had a tape table because we had cassette tapes, you know, and they'd come and reel to reel too. And they'd come and they'd say, I, I, I've tried that tape. I've tried that tape. But I don't know what tape would work for me because I tried that and that doesn't work and nothing works. And, and I go underneath the, the table and pull out a roll of duct tape. And I said, well, maybe this tape will work for you. Well, what do I do with that? Put it across your mouth. And you stop talking for a year and things will get better by themselves. Well, pray for me. I'm not praying for you as long as you're going to curse yourself. It's a waste of breath. (laughs) Right? Well, I'm just screwed. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. You don't have that song from Hee Haw. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't, don't you love that? Weren't. Weren't. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair. And that's, that's the way some Christians go around and talk. Well, things bad. It's as bad as it can be. I'm saying, when it got as bad as it could be, it got worse. I tell you. <laughs> and then you go, and then they go, y'all keep us in your prayers. No, I'm not going to keep you in my prayer because it's a waste of effort. Because if you keep cursing yourself, you're going to have curse. Amen. Stop it. <laughs> Amen. Remember they used to, they used to have a, a commercial where somebody got slapped in the face and the guy says, thanks, I needed that, you know. Sometimes we need somebody to kind of just pop us right in the mouth and say, shut up. Praise the Lord. Abraham, how many remember that message? Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So how's it going at your house? Glory to God. How's it going with your finances? Glory to God. How's it going with your health? Glory to God. We're praising Him. We're thanking Him. God's moving. God's doing something. Woo! It's so exciting because of all that God's doing. Well, uh, I, I don't really see that, Brother David. Okay, let's tape your eyeballs so you're not tempted to look. I mean, come on. Tape your mouth and your eyeballs. You can't see anything or say anything. Be blind and dumb and get a miracle. Praise God. Do you get anything out of that? Let's just, um, you know, let's just lift our hands and thank God. I mean, we all, all of us in some area, arena, need a miracle. Let's all thank God for our miracles right now by faith. Thank you, Lord, for our miracles of healing and health and wealth and blessing and, and direction and strength and upgrades and, and helpers and, and helpings and things. Father, we praise you. And thank you. And at home, you do the same thing. Just start declaring. Write it down uh, uh, what the end product is. Amen. What you see, wholeness, um, uh, wealth, blessing. You can be a greater blessing. Well, I don't need any more. Well, good. You can be a blessing to somebody else then. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'll pray for the Internet audience now in Jesus' name. Just put your hand where you have a need, or if you're here in the sanctuary also, um, in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for your healing touch. 
command sickness to go, blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors, and, and uh, rogue cells and things that are uh, not right in the body in Jesus' name. Command those things to wither and dry up from the root in the name of Jesus. Be healed, be whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we thank you. We magnify you. Those that have a financial need or material need. Father, I thank you that you show yourself so strong uh, this uh, this week. That you do the Ephesians 3.20 uh, blessing. We declare that upon them in Jesus' name. Abundantly above even our highest prayer and our highest faith. We give you glory and honor. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord one more time. Thank Him for what He's done, what He's doing, what He will do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Say, well, what's your, what's your testimony? I'm full of joy and I got the victory. I'm full of joy and I got the victory. If you have to say it while you're crying and blowing snot, say it anyway. I'm full of joy and I got the victory. Praise God, that's a good start. Just do it. Just do it. Amen. I got a, I have a whole CD series called Just Do It, you know. Amen. And somebody just, just, just gotta do it. Just do it. And, and it'll work for you. The word will work if you'll work the word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.